Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. We live in a fallen world, and as we look at the world around us, it seems to be falling farther and faster every day. The only way out of that is if we govern ourselves better. We'll be talking about this and more with our special guest today, Gary DeMar, on episode 96 of the Liberty Cafe. Hi, I'm Bill Peacock, and welcome to this week's Liberty Cafe. It's a blessing to have you here with me, as it is always, and also a blessing to be sponsored by Texas Scorecard. So head on over to texasscorecard.com and see what those men and women are doing in the fight for liberty here in Texas and see how you can join them. Well, as I mentioned, the guest for today, special guest for today, is Gary DeMar. He is with American Vision. That is an awesome organization. They do so much on both Christian worldview and, and eschatology, but particularly we're going to be talking to him today about government. And so, actually, this is the second part of our interview with him. So I'm doing an intro here, but we're going to, in just a minute, turn back to the interview with I did, did with him, and we're going to listen to part two. But just before I get into that, I mentioned at the beginning that the only way out of the mess we're in is that we have to govern ourselves better. Well, obviously, I'm not saying that government is our savior. We, politicians aren't our savior. But what I'm saying is, if we don't govern ourselves, both as individuals and as families and as churches and as civil governments, as God has called us to, it's going to be a big mess. And that's why we're in the mess we are today. So we're going to start off this uh, part two with Gary. And he's going to be talking about, well, what does government really look like? And we're going to be talking about civil government. So we've got this mess. What's the path forward? And as he points out, it's, it's a challenge to get from where we are to where we ought to be. But we shouldn't give up because of that. So now let's turn to part two of my interview with Gary DeMar. It's a tough situation we find ourselves in. Um, so we've got this government that's fairly dysfunctional today. As Christians, what, what are we looking for in a government? If, if we're trying to get out there and engage with politicians, with you know, public interest groups, whatever it is, to, to change government, what, what, is, what does government look like today? What, what should it look like? Well, I think this is the most difficult part because we are dealing with a behemoth. We're dealing with something that is so big and some, so unwieldy, and it has its tentacles and everything. And, and uh, Dr. Gary North always said, you can't change just one thing. So many things have to be changed. And I think that's, I think that's what's a little off-putting with this, with, you know, getting involved because it just, things just look too, too big to change. And so we have to we have to consider changing things in areas where we not, where we can, and that means kind of taking responsibility over our own government, like educating our own children. Uh, we have we have you know ch you know church buildings that are that are essentially empty uh, six days a week uh, for you know twenty you know twenty hours you know twenty hours a day. Uh, why not use those facilities for for educational pur purposes? Um, we are, uh, you know, s some states, some cities have, have uh, education that costs twenty-two to twenty-five thousand dollars a student 
through through government money. And yet every anybody knows who's, who's done homeschooling or private schooling or church schooling, the, the, the tuition is 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 not that is not that great. We need to take a, we need to take charge of areas in which we can involve ourselves and and, and make fundamental changes. I, I tell people that we, we should get involved in government not to replace ourselves with those in power, but to actually decrease the power of the civil government at the national level, turn that power back to the states where it's, it really needs to reside, back to the counties where it needs to reside, and, to, and decrease the power of the, of the national, go, national government. And that's going to be a hard process to do because both political parties like big government, and a lot of people like big government. Yeah, yeah. We, we all benefit by big from big government by some ways we drive on these nice free roads out there we we get our social security checks we get you know free checks from the government every few years things like that it, it's it's sometimes hard to uh, walk away from those things yeah it's a drug i mean it's 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 kind of like an addiction but well, you mentioned the roads and people will say you know well what what will happen to the roads well the roads are actually built by private companies yeah it's and the, I have a good good friend who's that's what he, that's his business here in the state of Georgia and other and other locales. Private companies build the roads. Governments don't build the roads. They just determine where those roads are going to go, and they collect taxes. And I, I have to say, one of the most fair taxes is in fact a fuel tax. When you drive on the roads, you buy gasoline. <clears throat> when you drive on the roads and you buy gasoline, you're paying a tax goes to pay for for, for the roads. If you don't drive on the roads, you're not paying the tax. And so the only people who actually, you know, paying for the roads are those people who use, who actually use the roads. Now we, we pay that tax indirectly by companies that have to, tra- you know, have to ship their, their, um, their goods over the roads and they, they build that into the cost. That's a, that's a very fair tax. That's not a redistribution tax. That's not money taken from me and given to someone else. That is a, a, a fuel tax is one of the fairest taxes there is. And what we have today is a tax system where people are, are uh, you know, paying mi- literally millions of dollars, single individuals paying millions of dollars in taxes, and that money is taken and then given out in programs to other people. That is not equitable. That is not fair. That is not actually constitutional. Uh, and it was never built into the Constitution. And I know we did end up having an income tax. But even the income tax was sold to people by saying only the rich will be paying income taxes. Right. And the, and the rate was not until you pay, made $3,000. And people say, well, that's a pretty good deal because I'm probably not making $3,000 a year. Well, now that's no longer the case because now people are making a whole lot more money than that. And the tax rate has gone up considerably over all that period of time. And what's driven up, driven up our incomes and so forth and the cost of things is the government again through through uh, uh, increasing the money supply, which is which is a, a the definition of inflation, which causes higher prices, and then it, it just keeps on going, and people just have no idea the trap we are in concerning how government operates today. Yeah, I've often just been awed by the fact that people put up with a government system that results in the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people every year. And, and that's the road system. 
right? I mean, if they, they build roads and then people die on them. And if, if that was going on in the private sector, you know, there'd be government regulations all over the place, but we just kind of go along with it. And it's always been my contention that if, um, you know, the, the founders of our country were there at a time when economics and, and a lot of these issues weren't very well understood. And, and if they hadn't put eminent domain into the U.S. Constitution and we had private roads, I, I'd suggest that instead of all this money going for concrete and steel and engineers, a lot of it would have been going to developing autonomous cars. And and we'd already be going around in cars that drive themselves and nobody dies anymore from whether it's neglect or drunk drivers or whatever. But I think that's just one of those examples of maybe how it's hard to see the alternative to what government might be if we were following Christian principles. Yeah. I mean, again, I think the, 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 the market is the, it's the issue here. Look what we're doing right now. I mean, I, here I've got a microphone. I've got this little camera. I've got a computer, a wireless internet, and you're in Texas. I'm in Georgia. Who did all this? Now, it wasn't Al Gore who said he invented the Internet. <laughs> who, who did this? And you, and, you, and you think about companies like Apple. I mean, Apple started in a garage, in a, someone's garage. And almost uh, uh, eBay started in a garage. Uh, Amazon. Now, you, you might think all these companies, are you don't like these companies. But look, they took almost nothing and built built these things and we li- we're living off of their con- off of their 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 uh, their inventions and the conveniences they, they make for all of them. everything in your home for the most part has been made by the private sector and what government does it comes in here and says yeah you made all that stuff but we want a piece of the action and it's kind of like it's kind of like the mob you know coming in here we'll protect you we'll take care of you we just want a little piece of the pie and the, this is what's happened. These big companies, these companies make make all these products and the government comes in and starts taxing them. And then what happens to them? Where, where do they go? They end up going to China because the taxing system here in the United States is is so uh, onerous. Um, what I got something the other day uh, uh, that was made in China. It was a, bl- a, a blood pressure deal. It was made in China. And you, and you think, well, why are they going to China? Because it's cheaper to go to China. And yet you've got people out there saying that that um, companies here in the United States should be taxed more. Let's tax these rich corporations. I say, don't tax them at all. Don't tax any corporation. And, and, and as a result of that, you will see the, the price of all commodities coming down for everyone. And people, there will be so many jobs available, people won't, won't know what to do. Uh, but the government gets in and the people want them. Why don't you tax those big guys? That, that is, in fact, envy. I can't have what they have, so I'm going to make sure they don't have it either. Take, take more and more money from them. Yeah, I just saw an article yesterday that talked about how the um, people spent last year, I think it was, more of their income on taxes. I think it was 25% than they did on, on education, on food and healthcare, something like that combined. And I was thinking, well, so part of that is the government's taxing us too much money. But on the other hand, part of it is because the government is spending all that money on healthcare and food and things like that. We don't have to spend as much of that stuff on that, but that's why they're having to tax us so much. It's just this endless loop that we're, we seem to, or whirlpool even, that we continue to seem to be sucked down into. 
Well, there's another factor that a lot of people don't real, realize. They, they don't understand inflation. They think inflation is higher prices. That's not inflation. Inflation is an increase in the money supply, which then dilutes the value of your money. And okay, who's involved in that? If you and I were to uh, in, in inflate, that is counterfeit, we'd go to jail. But the government does this all the time. It just puts, it goes into a computer and says, we're going to spend here. Oh, we'll just, we'll just pull, push it down the road a little bit and we'll let the next generation take care of it. And here we now are like 30 some trillion dollars in debt. And so not only does the government tax us with, on our income, but it also taxes us through inflation by diluting our, the spending ability of what, what, we, what we make. And inflation is theft. It's government theft. And yet we sit back and we think, well, how do we solve, inf how do we solve inflation? Well, we go to the, the government created the, the problem in the first place. And who do we call on to fix the problem? We go back to government to fix the problem. And what do they do? They increase interest rates. So what, is, what does that do? What, is impact is, what impact does the increased interest rates do? Well, pull, people can't invest as much anymore. They can't build homes anymore. And so now you start seeing prices drop. It's crazy. Get the government out of these things. Let the market take care of these things. If you want an electric car, you can get an electric car. If you want a, if, if, if you want a self-driving car, you can get a self-driving car. Get the government out. The, we, we don't realize that electric cars go all the way back to um, Henry Ford and Thomas Edison. They were working on electric cars way, way back when. It was, it was always the battery that was the issue. Yeah. You mentioned a little while ago that at least part of the path forward is having churches and pastors teach congregants and, and parents teaching their children about the, the principles of government, that what God tells us about how government should be, civil government and the other forms of government. Uh, and you even you wrote in your book that um, that the purpose, function and authority of civil government are clearly developed in the pages of Scripture. That sort, sounds sort of like the, the regulative principle of worship and that we should only worship in the way God tells us to worship. And, and this sounds to some extent like we should only do government the way God tells us to do government. But I, I've talked to a lot of people in, in my, just in my church that would say that God doesn't really tell us that much about government. And, and there's not that, there's no regulative principle. We get to do pretty much whatever we do, unless we can find some specific passage that tells us not to do it. How, how do you respond to, to that kind of well, I just I don't, just don't think that's the case at all. I mean, God, God does give us very specifics dealing with, 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 uh, with government. We, we, we hear that the government is a minister of God. Uh, we're told that the minister of God is to determine between good and evil. And the question is, how do you determine between good and evil? Do you leave that up? Do you leave that up to the government or to the civil officials? Is there a divine right of kings? Well, there, there isn't. Uh, it, so it, it, it limits the, limits the power of, 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 of individuals. It limits the power. It, it, it lays down laws. You can't murder, you can't steal. And you have the civil government actually coming in and, uh, Oh, ruling in those those types of terms, uh, for, you know, for example, just weights and measures. People don't realize just weights and measures is a governmental function. You, if you sell something and you say it weighs sixteen ounces, but really it only weighs fourteen ounces, the government can step in here because this you have violated, you have stolen. Um, so 
those all those principles all those principles are there in scripture uh, but you will not find you will not find anything in scripture that says that the government should tax some people to get, and take that money and give it to other people that is not found anywhere in the bible By, the apostle paul says you don't work you don't eat uh, you you have to have just weights and just weights and measures you can't have you can't have one uh, way of handling an issue for one person and a different way of handling, uh, uh, you know, uh, for 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 another person. You are you are to treat treat the poor and the rich the same way. So the Bible is filled with these principles. What you don't find in Scripture are all the specifics of, you know, how wide a road should be, uh, uh, and those types of things. Uh, it, it simply deals with the application of those principles to every area of life and how those are worked out in, the, in our daily day, daily operation is something that, that has to function, I think, at the, at the local level and some things at the national level. In, in the last chapter of your book, um, it's on the future of government. <clears throat> and um, I think it's in that book that we, we see you really bring forward a lot of the, uh, the work that you do. I, Best I can tell, as much as you've done on government, you do even more on eschatology and, and those types of things. And, and you really see that that positive, hopeful, eschatological viewpoint that, that, that you often espouse coming out in this last chapter of your book about the future of government. Can you kind of tell us, for, for Christians who are stuck in this world today and you look around them and see things not very good and actually getting worse, What's their hope in the future of for seeing things get better? Well, when I wrote God in Government, I would go out and I would you know talk on on these governmental principles, and invariably there would be somebody there who would say, "Well, we're living in the last days. Why are we even bothering with this?" Now, this was this was in the '80s, so that was forty some years ago, and you know, ten years before that, Hal Lindsey came out with a book called The Late Great Planet Earth, which is that's you know fifty. Is that right? 30, 52 years ago. So 52 years ago, and even before that, you had people telling us it's the end is right around the corner. Uh, you know, uh, you had Mussolini, who was the Antichrist. You had uh, Adolf Hitler as the Antichrist. And I, I think what happened with all this is that Christians pulled away from getting involved in every area of life because they were told the end is near. And uh, so I the reason I got into the whole eschatological thing is because of you know, people out there who were claiming we're living in the last days, and it does have an effect on people. And I think it still does. There's still there's still books coming out that keep telling us that the end is near. Why bother? You know, we're gonna, we're, you know, we're gonna, the Antichrist is gonna come. There's gonna be a great another war taking place. So why bother with all these things? Well, the, the, the Bible, and I'm not, I can't get into all the details. Anyone who's interested, I've written a couple of books, Last Day's Madness and Wars and Rumors of Wars, that put this in perspective. But if you go back and trace the founding of our nation and those who came over here, those people did not believe those things. They, they actually believed in a, in a rich Christian biblical future that it was their responsibility to act in terms and, and limits of God's kingdom, live within the kingdom. Of, of God and apply those things to every area of life. And that's what, that's what made the, the, the West what it is, what is different about it. It was all those basic fundamental principles plus a very positive eschatology. 
and Christians need to get back to that. How do we deal with that as Christians here in America? Do we, I mean, do we have hope that that America is going to recover, or might it be that we have this great future, but America is not, and American government is not going to be a big part of it? Well, I mean, there, the history. Uh, I mean, look what happened to Israel. I mean, Israel was sent into captivity, Northern Kingdom and Southern Kingdom. Uh, they were you know, taken over by uh, by the Babylonians and the Medes and the Persians and the Greeks and the Romans. They ended up having their their uh, their their nation destroyed in AD 70, the destruction of, of the temple and all that. So there's a big, there's a big warning in here. And I, you read the, read the book of Revelation, the chapters two and three, and there's a warning to those churches. And I think the, the Bible gives a warning. Yes, the United States could, could fall into complete disrepair. Uh, you, you've, you had it happen. You had it in the 18th century with, with France. France once was, a, you know, was fundamentally a Christian, Christian nation. It could happen here again, uh, and but we as Christians better get on the bandwagon here and begin to understand what the problems are, and we need to take that responsibility personally, and not see a a solely political solution to this. And that's going to take time, and it's going to take a will, and it's going to be very very difficult to do because there's a lot of work that has to be done, and a lot of people don't, you know, they don't like hard work. Uh, nobody really likes hard work, and this is going to really be hard work. And it, you know, but you got to start somewhere. Start where you can. Yeah, France was a, a fundamentally Christian nation until it either killed or ran off most of the Christians. And I think that's a good lesson uh, for us to, today to think about. Well, as we close here, Gary, would you just tell us a little bit about American Vision and, and where folks can uh, find out more about it? Well, American Vision started uh, probably the late uh, 70s. I came on in uh, 1981, and we started off as really dealing with America's Christian history. Um, and then I came up with the God and Government series, which developed, tried to develop a comprehensive Christian worldview, Christian, a biblical worldview, that the Bible applies to every area of life. And we, we publish, we speak, I go to conferences, I, I've done some debates in the past, right? Uh, American Vision publishes two articles every week. I do a podcast three days a week. Uh, you can go to AmericanVision.org uh, to read articles. Uh, everything on the website is free. We do sell books. Uh, there are lots of downloadable material, lots of courses that we offer. Uh, so it's AmericanVision.org. Uh, uh, sign up for our newsletter. We have some new books coming out. Uh, uh, the God and Government series is probably one of our, our, our best sellers because it does get, get, get people to understand what the Bible actually says about government and that government is not solely political. All right. Well, thank you very much for being on the uh, Liberty Cafe today, Gary. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it. And thanks as always to our sponsor of the Liberty Cafe, Texas Scorecard. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate the show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.